What's up, True Heel Heel? True Heel What's up? Everyone, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there at True Heel Heat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Tony Schiavone of All Elite Wrestling, and this is True Hill Heat. And I said it right, you motherfuckers. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for our WWE SummerSlam 2023 preview, breaking down the card for this Saturday's huge show from Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. As always, for our pay-per-view previews, I am joined by my esteemed colleague, the face and the ace of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, Mr. Romeo Anthony Colon. What is up, everybody? Uh lot to get into this SummerSlam card. Uh, some stories coming to a head. And uh, I think a lot of good in-ring action will be on this this card for sure. Definitely one of the better built SummerSlam cards in a while. A lot of these stories starting off months ago and culminating here. And we had to bring in a big guest for the big show this Saturday. He is someone that I've wanted to have on our YouTube channel for quite some time. He is the voice and the host of WrestleRant. You see his writing and his contributions over at Bleacher Report. He is Graham gsm matthews what's going on good sir dude i appreciate the introduction i don't think i'm deserving of that i don't know how big of a guest i am but i appreciate you guys having me on and taking the time to include me in your SummerSlam preview big week as we were talking before we went live here and uh i'm looking forward to saturday it should be a fun show yeah, like I said, like it's it's a huge show that they've kind of been building to for a while, and it marks the one year of Triple H in charge. Graham, I wanted to ask you right off the bat, it's his first time having you on. What has been your thoughts of this one-year mark for the Triple H regime of WWE? Yeah, it's crazy, man, that you mentioned that. It's been exactly one year since Triple H took over, a year and a couple days. But SummerSlam last year wasn't like his first show. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like it was a Vince book show, but he kind of took over creative. I don't think on that show, Vince was still running it. We would have gotten damage control and some of the stuff <laughs> that we did on that pay-per-view. But, you know, I think we were all wondering at that time a year ago what SummerSlam 2023 would look like a year later with Triple H in charge. And, you know, obviously, as we've talked over Twitter and whatnot, is Vince back in charge? Is he not back in charge? Obviously, he is. How much control does he have? We don't really know. It's a pretty heavy influence, we would think. There's so much to discuss there. But still, I mean, this seems like a Triple H heavy show. And I'm not just one to say that Triple H is responsible for the good and Vince was responsible for the bad. But, you know, still, I think, as you guys said, he's done a pretty good job of building up this show. And uh, the last year of the product has not been perfect. I think when Triple H took over, people have like sky eye expectations of like WWE is going to be saved. And honestly, I don't know, maybe I try to be more optimistic, but I've enjoyed the product more with Triple H in charge and whatever involvement Vince has had in the weeds the last six months or whatever the fuck that's even supposed to mean. Um, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the company in the whole, and I think they've done a lot of the right things. Some stuff that could still be working on the women's division still needs some tweaking as far as how they're booked and whatnot. And, among other things. But overall, it's been uh, quite a fun year, and this should serve as the culmination to what's been a pretty landmark year, I would say, for WWE, the highs and the lows and everything else in between. Yeah, and you mentioned some a key moment at SummerSlam that I think they're going to make a full circle type of thing. I know, Romeo, you've always been high on the Triple H regime, but kind of reflecting back on the past year, what have you thought about Triple H's regime as we mark the one year at SummerSlam? I think Graham nailed it right on the head. Uh, I echo a lot of his same sentiments, especially uh, when it comes to the women's division. But, um, you know, you want to give credit for the whole bloodline story to uh, Paul Heyman uh, and, and all that and everybody, you know, doing their own work in that story. Yeah. But it's still happening under the Triple H regime. It's one of the best stories ever told. It's it's coming. It, we got tribal combat here in SummerSlam. It seems like every time they find a new way to keep everyone interested in this story, and they'll have a challenge uh, to keep that going as it goes forward. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I got a lot of good things to say about Triple H's control. Uh, it's a lot better than the old days, uh, dark times before that. Uh, I think it's been much better. I think the uh, ratings, the attendance, and 
all any figure you look at, any metric you look at, comparing it to before Triple H, it's all a lot better. That that doesn't lie. The numbers don't lie there. Yeah, I mean, they're making record numbers. They were on that path before Triple H, but they just continue it and reach new heights under Triple H. So definitely, as far as business, there's no complaints when it comes to the Triple H regime. But do we have complaints about the SummerSlam card? We're going to get into that. But of course, we appreciate y'all if you are joining us live here for the preview. If you're watching us on demand, we appreciate you as well. Remember, show your appreciation back. Drop the thumbs up on this video. It helps out the, the video, the channel channel so so much and remember to also hit the subscribe button hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here and of course uh you can also sound off in the live chat if you're with us live we'll try to highlight as many comments as possible but of course if you're feeling generous you can send a super chat donation or you can hit the join button and become a member for just one dollar a month but let's get into the card for this Saturday, Graham, Romeo. And I'm going to start off with an interesting matchup here. It is going to be probably the matchup that I feel has had one of the best builds only because they stuck the landing of the build on Raw. It's going to be an MMA, MMA rules matchup of Ronda Rousey going one-on-one -on -one with Shayna Baszler former best friends, former tag team partners, former WWE women's tag team champions. They will collide. It was Shayna Baszler that turned on Ronda Rousey and cost them those women's tag team titles back at Money in the Bank, kind of out of nowhere. Some weeks it felt like Ronda was the face, Shayna was the heel. Other weeks it felt like Shayna was the face, Ronda was the heel. And then they did these video packages on Raw this week, Graham and Romeo. And it made sense of it all because they portrayed them both as face and heel because they did it from a human perspective of, from Ronda's point of view, she's the face. Shayna's the heel. From Shayna's point of view, she's the face. Ronda's the heel. But they also have these kind of little comments that made them just seem very evil. Like Shayna Baszler saying, I love that child. I love Ronda's child. That's my godchild. And I'm just going to be so hurt. And just Every time she looks at me, she's going to remember what I did to her mother. Oh, my God. Shayna Baszler was amazing in those video packages. Like I said, I think it was one of the better builds. Who do you got coming out? And what do you think is an MMA roles matchup coming up? at SummerSlam. Graham? Yeah, I mean, the vignettes, you, you mentioned it right there, were just fantastic. I mean, it was easily the best part of Raw on Monday night, and for a match, I don't think a lot of us either do or did have high expectations for, and it could end up being a dud, who knows, because we still don't know what an MMA rules match is. I feel like we're back in January with the uh, was it the uh, the drink match with Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. I tried to erase Pitch that black. from my memory. Pitch, Pitch black, black match, I exactly. Had, I, when, I, I, I had to remember it because we had a conversation on our Great, great American Bash re review about worst matches of the year. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Gable Stevenson and Corbin was not worse than Pitch Black match. So that's still the worst match of the year. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it might be in that conversation. That match wasn't good either. But yes, Pitch Black, um, where we didn't know what that was either. And I think we were all kind of convinced going into that show that the company themselves also did not know. Would that would be, and I think this is the same thing. Listen, if we get to Saturday and there's a cage there, I'm not really sure why they wouldn't just build this as a fight pit. I mean, we already know what that is. The main roster audience knows what it is because we saw one less than a year ago with Rollins and Riddle at Extreme Rules. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm looking forward to the match. Uh, it does feel rushed as far as like the turn on Rousey from Baszler, the way they've built it. Like you said, SP3, just the just being all over the place. We don't know who the face is, the heel is. I'm not saying every feud has to have a set dynamic because that's just not how some feuds are. It's not even realistic sometimes, which I understand. But it's like, I'm not sure who the crowd's going to cheer for on Saturday. Do they cheer for Shayna because they don't like Ronda so much? Who knows? I'm looking forward to the match, though. I think it should be good. I, I got Shayna going over. I feel like that's the whole point of the program as far as why we're seeing it. And we hear all these reports. Ronda wants to put over Shayna on the way out. Does WWE try to spite, like, swerve us by having Ronda go over? I just feel like that'd be dumb. Uh, I, I got to go with the logic. And, again, that's not always the smartest route to take. I know with this company, but I'm going to go Shayna wins, hopefully decisively. Does the feud continue? Maybe. I, I don't know. But I'll say Shayna wins here on the big stage. Ronda goes away for a while, if not for good. And then we can move on. And hopefully they can capitalize out the momentum for, for Baszler. Whatever momentum she gets from beating Ronda, whatever that even means at this point, 
Uh, may not be much, but I would like to see that happen. Not expecting it, but I got Baszler going over though. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the fans' interest in Ronda may dictate what that uh, what that exactly means, but hey, there is something for Shane in the game because she can become the first person to kind of beat Ronda with no shenanigans involved. We had Becky pin her, but her shoulder was up at WrestleMania 35. We had Charlotte uh, beat her, but the referee was down, and Ronda made her tap before that. We had Liv Morgan beat her and a Money in the Bank cash-in. We had Liv Morgan beat her and tap out at the same time we had charlotte with a fake money in the bank cashing she's never been beat legit like so shayna can gain something in that so i'm gonna go with shayna baszler romeo who you got they've come a long way from that awful turn that we were all complaining about like where did yeah. that come from that was so mm -hmm. random now it's like oh i'm invested this is great you know, the acting on their uh, uh backstage interviews vignettes were spectacular out of these two so, yeah, I am looking forward to this. Uh, the MMA rules, I, I think it's just going to be as simple as no pins and it's just a knockout or submission. That's what I think it is. And you know what? I, the fact that they're not really going heavy into detail into it, I'm kind of thinking this may just be quick and instant. It might be one of those. Uh, Ronda Rousey's had a few of those in, uh, in the, yes. the UFC world. <laughs> It might be one of those things where Ronda just wants to do a big favor for her best friend and make her look like a killer again. And what's making her look like a killer than killing Ronda Rousey within seconds? They, they, they have done this at SummerSlam before, and let's not forget uh, not too uh, not too long ago. Um, I'm kind of thinking that's the direction they're going, and Shayna Baszler, who seems to be the baby face uh, somewhat, um, can be built up as a challenger for real Ripley, which they have not uh done a good job of building up stuff for her to do um you can you can uh eventually you know have that face off and maybe people will buy into uh shana winning so yeah i got shana here and i think i think i'm gonna i think i lean towards it being a, a fast one here i think i think if it's not a fast one and they actually work something i think it'll still be good because the few times these two have been physical with each other they lay their shit in they they don't hold back. Yes. Something about best friends love beating the shit out of each other. Something about that. So yeah. Yeah, and you gotta imagine they've been doing this for years. They've been doing this at Rhonda's house for years to get her ready for for wrestling and whether it's in like MMA and it's gonna be MMA rules. So a bunch of the stuff they're gonna do with the graveling and the submission work. That's stuff they've been doing while they've just been having slumber parties. Like oh let's do this move. Like <laughs> this, this is gonna be fun for them being in front of the, this crowd. I think it's going to be really, really good. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a platform for Shayna Baszler. And it seems like a lot of people are rooting for Shayna Baszler as well. We got Negro Buck in the chat who says should definitely be a fight fit pit match, but I still got high hopes for this match. Neither of them will be shy about hitting each other for real. If they can give us a, an all Japan, new Japan type of matchup, that's what I'm all for. That's what I'm here for. Uh, let's talk about the matchup that's going to make the most money for WWE on this show. It is the SummerSlam Slim Jim Battle Royal for nothing. Uh, it's going to be, I guess, 20 participants. I don't know how many. Uh, they haven't really specified anything. Only things they specified is that LA Knight will be in this matchup. Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura, Tommaso Ciampa, Bronson Reed, Otis, uh, Chad Gable, and it seems they indicated Luvid Kaiser would also be in this matchup as well. Who do you see winning the Slim Jim Battle Royal? And what do you, how many figures do you think was on the check from Slim Jim to WWE, Graham? <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, listen, the obvious answer is LA Knight, but I just feel like it's not, I'm not even saying that it's too obvious that they shouldn't do it because that would be ridiculous with how over the guy is right now. I'm just saying that I don't think he's going to win because it's such – I sound like I'm shitting on, this, on the company the entire time, but I just feel like that's such a WWE thing to do where he's the obvious answer, he's so over, but then we won't have him win. Like, we all thought he would become the number one contender to the United States Championship, or a lot of people did. He didn't. You know, we thought he might do this or that, and he didn't do that. And he's gone over in spite of or money in the bank. We thought he might win money in the bank, and he didn't. So, listen, this would be a nice consolation prize. Slim Jim Battle Royal, like you said, that's the only reason why it's happening. 
uh, why this is even on the show and, and not even on the kickoff show. It's on the main card. Nothing else. On the, like, would, like, would it kill them to say that a future title shot is on the line for an intercontinental championship or a United States a title opportunity? Probably you know? not, but I, I, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it, it's, it's WWE, I guess. But listen, if it's not LA Knight, I'm not really sure who else it would be. I feel like it's going to be someone random. Listen, I like Karrion Cross. The guy's dead in the water right now. I, I don't think it's going to be him or AJ. Sheamus would be interesting. Um, just be, I don't think it's going to be LA Knight, but because I really don't know who else they would actually have win, whether it be a Nakamura or a Chopper or something, I'll just say screw it. They do the right thing here. Give the win to LA Knight and hopefully can build off of it from there. Whether they do or not, it, it remains to be seen. But I'll, I guess I'll just go LA Knight because I'm not really sure who else makes as much sense or who else they would even have win as like a as like a fuck you to the fans. Like, oh, if it's not LA Knight, we'll have Grayson Waller win. I don't even think he would win either. So I'll go LA Knight. That might be the good shout. If they don't have a legend to come back <laughs> and do a segment with them, that might be a good shout. I think it should be and it will be LA Knight. Because my whole thing, why I was arguing against LA Knight winning Money in the Bank, is of the two words that I think is haunting WWE with LA Knight because he got over without their intention is, and then what? And the three words, and then what? And then what? Like, they put Money in the Bank on him, and then what? They're not going to put the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship on him. They don't want to put the World Heavyweight Championship on him. He's going to cash in on a mid-card title. Yeah, that did well for Austin Theory. So there, there was no reason to put the Money in the Bank briefcase on him if they weren't going to commit to this. There wasn't no reason to make him number one contender if they have no intention of him beating Austin Theory for the U.S. Championship. This one is different because it means nothing. He's winning nothing. So that's why he's going to win. Late night wins because it means absolutely nothing. But this is WWE being like, here, we're giving the fans a bone. We're giving their guy a win at the pay-per-view. Here you go. See, nice guys, WWE. <laughs> Romeo? Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, who would they possibly give this to and. And trying to think just gives you a migraine. So it's better you just don't think. You just go with the obvious. Uh, and, and, you know, if I'm thinking, if I'm Slim Jim, the sponsor, uh, you know, which one of your mid-card guys uh, gets the most views on their social media when you when you mention them? L.A. Knight. Keep it simple. Slim yeah. Jim, love it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Talk to him. Uh, <laughs> we got in the chat here, uh, Neo Bucks saying, wouldn't mind Grayson Waller, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't even think of him until Graham said him. And I was like, you know what? That would be the heat magnet. That would be the way to get heat is, <laughs> is, is let, let the annoying the annoying Aussie who inter keeps interrupting legends win the Slim Jim Battle Royale. And then you can also say with the whole, oh, what who's the, what's a Slim Jim care about? He could be like, oh, I'm the Slim Jim, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, sponsor now. I'm the I'm the role. I'm the I'm the the face of Slim Jim now. He can go with that. He can have Slim Jim on his desk and the Grayson Waller effect <laughs> to go the whole nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got we got Josh who says Macho Man wins back from the grave and wins it. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, yeah. Book it. Hey. That's what Slim Jim would want. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> another person Slim Jim would want advertising their stuff who gets a lot of views on social media. It is, of course, Logan Paul. And he's going to go one-on-one -on -one with Ricochet. These two men have basically been dealing with each other ever since the Royal Rumble, where they had the viral moment with the double springboard and colliding in the middle of the ring. Once again, they interacted in the Money in the Bank, men's Money in the Bank ladder match, where they had a potential of a viral moment, but in the wrong way, where they went headfirst into a table off of a box Spanish fly after coming off of the ladder and now these two have been going at it in a war of words and they will go one-on-one -on -one with logan paul making it personal on this past monday's raw saying that after he wins ricochet's fiance will have to say his name as the winner graham who do you got here logan paul ricochet you know, i gotta give them credit they've gotten me i mean i was already interested in the match to begin with but i think the build has been well done for a guy in logan that doesn't wrestle on raw They've made it interesting. It's given Ricochet more single spotlight than he has had probably in the last, probably ever on the main roster, let's be honest. I know he's a former Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion. The U.S. title run was blanking. You missed it. Intercontinental title was fine. I've said this before on Twitter, but I just feel like 
since Triple H took over, there's a few people that I feel have been used better. Now, he's not world champion. He probably won't be world champion anyway. I don't know if he's world champion material is Ricochet, but he's a guy in the year that Triple H, that he's been in control of creative, that he's been on the show consistently. He's had great matches. He won the tag team tournament. Uh, he won the Intercontinental Championship tournament. He's had some great matches across Raw. And on SmackDown, he's been used on his own. He was in Money in the Bank. He's in this. He had a spotlight in the Rumble. Like, we're finally getting the ricochet that we should have gotten four or five years ago on the main roster where and he's not going to be a guy that goes in there and wins a lot of titles, but he can go in there, do the flip sort of stuff, be a spectacle, be an attraction. And that's what this match is, and it's it's an attraction. I don't know if Ricochet has ever had a singles match on pay-per-view that has ever not been for a championship. I'd have to go back and think about it. Maybe there's one, and I'm just not thinking about it. But that's pretty crazy, and he's at SummerSlam against Logan Paul. That being said... This is a spot for Logan to win. I mean, the guy hasn't won since SummerSlam last year. You go in there and fail against Roman, Rollins, Rumble, Money in the Bank. That's fine. Looking great in defeat and always standing out. But at some point, he's got to back up the trash talk by winning a match. And Ricochet is the perfect person for, for him to beat. Ricochet is not like the hottest thing going right now. He can afford a loss. He's Ricochet. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and then Logan Paul can go on to do whatever else. So it should be a fun match. Gives Logan Paul a win. I'm actually really glad they did this. I wanted Logan Paul and LA Knight. The problem there, though, is that someone's got to lose, and they both need wins. Yeah. Here, Logan Paul can win. Ricochet doesn't suffer from it. I like this a lot. I got Logan Paul going over. And you mentioned everything that Ricochet has done in the past year under uh, Triple H. He's really got him back to kind of being a consistent kind of member of that mid-card kind of roster of WWE. And like you said, this is his biggest opportunity yet. Uh, if it wasn't for what happened on Raw, I would say I would agree with you. Logan Paul is going to win. But also, this win for Ricochet could be like the biggest of his career. Even though he's won the U.S. championship, he's been in intercontinental champion this feels like this could be the biggest win of his career and he's kind of he kind of had to you know have the guy talk about his girl knock him out on the show then take selfies on him on the go home spot i think that ricochet i'm gonna go i'm gonna be different and i'm gonna go with ricochet here romeo who you got yeah i think they've done a good job building this up well as you know a lower card slash mid card feud logan paul's shining on the mic he's just he's got such a punchable face and then he matches it with his words he's really good as a heel i think this goes first i think this is the opener of the show um i i know logan wants to do this and then fly on a jet to uh see his brother box later on the yeah. night nate, nate diaz so I think this goes first and i think it's i think this is prime for the upset here i, I think it's an upset uh setting up for ricochet to win especially with monday and you know having you know, getting Samantha Irvin involved. So I, I'm going to go with Ricochet. And, you know, they, they keep teasing that this is going to be, this is going to go viral. So something about this match is going to go viral. Um, these are two athletic guys who are probably going to do something crazy. Uh, we saw that Spanish fly, which didn't go all that smooth um, at that, at that pay-per-view through the table. I think, um, I think they're going to do something crazy here. I, I, I and I'm I'm gonna bet that this time it does go smooth, and we'll see. I think, yeah, it's set up for something like that, something flippy, flippy. I mean, they're on a fifty percent uh, success rate, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're one for they're one for two, they're one for two so far. A uh, bunch of people rooting for Ricochet. It seems in the chat here, we got Josiah who says, "I'm going Ricochet for sure." Logan mentioning the misses took it to a new level. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think I agree with uh, what Romeo said that uh, it it gives Ricochet kind of the big uh, the big win and. They, that's something that they can use him moving further, whether it's back in the intercontinental title scene or maybe even in the world heavyweight champion scene on Raw. We never know. But speaking of Raw and speaking of championship scene, let's talk about the Intercontinental Championship being defended at SummerSlam as Gunther 
will defend the title against Drew McIntyre. These two men were two of the three in the classic back at WrestleMania 39 where Gunther defeated Drew and Sheamus. Drew has been out of action up until Money in the Bank where he made his return to confront Gunther, lay him out with a Claymore, and he has been a thorn in his side ever since, powerbombing him through the announce table on last week's Monday Night Raw, but it doesn't seem like the end of Gunther's reign is in sight. Can Drew McIntyre be the man to end the legendary reign of the ring general? Romeo, let's start with you this time. Who you got, Gunther or McIntyre? This has been a weird buildup. Um, it feels like Drew's barely been there. And they've had barely had uh, face-to-face. Um, I, what was the excuse for this Monday? That Drew had to do something else? I don't even remember. He was away. They just said he was away. He was <laughs> very he was weird. He was shooting a movie, but they said he was just away. Yeah. You know what? I don't even care, because as long as he's there Saturday, you know these two. You know what they're going to do. They're going to brawl. Oh, my God. This is going to be beautiful disaster. I love it. I, um, Yeah. Gunther's winning. Uh, you wonder what's going on with Drew and what's going on with that contract situation. You wonder if uh, we're even going to see more of Drew after this. I'm thinking about that. But yeah, Gunther for the win and what should be a banger. This is part of what this card is going to be uh, in ring wise. This is a huge part of it right here. This is this makes me because, you know, we, we were talking about before we went on air here that uh, the news, the big news of the day is the elite re-signing uh, just mere hours before the 200th episode of Dynamite. It makes me think, are they going to WWE going to announce that Drew McIntyre re-signed <laughs> like this weekend? <laughs> Like this weekend before summer, that would really kind of throw the the result of this matchup in a loop. If they announce like, oh, he just re-signed a multi-year deal, and people are gonna be like, oh, he just signed a multi-year deal. It would kind of be like when Brock re-signed before WrestleMania 31 and the match against Roman Reigns. So if I'm no, WWE, no, 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 no. I'm tr- I'm trying to do that right now. <laughs> no, 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 I don't care. I don't care if he's re-signing. Gunther better not lose this. We still gotta, <laughs> we gotta break well, the Hardy I mean, Punk man's record, man. I mean, I have lived my whole entire life with the Hunky Tonk Man as the longest reigning Intercontinental <laughs> Champion, and I think Gunther is one of the best wrestlers in the ti- in the entire world, and I've thought that for the past five years. So, of course, I am going with Gunther in this matchup, but I'm just saying, if I'm WWE, I'm trying to think of the business. This is how you draw up business, draw up intrigue, and draw up interest in this matchup uh, over the weekend. I would announce it and take a page out of their and AEW by announcing the re-signing this weekend. But, Graham, that with side, who you got, Drew or Gunther? It would be funny just because they don't typically do that sort of thing. I know you mentioned they did that with Brock, but, like, even when, like, Owens re-signed and Sammy re-signed, we always hear that from, like, Fightful or Meltzer or another third party or something. WWE never does that sort of thing. So if they did that, it would be extra petty, like, towards – AEW, and they're not even like mocking them. It would just be funny if they did. But listen, that's not a bad idea just because it would add there is intrigue around the outcome, but it would make it more unpredictable if we know for a fact that Drew's sticking around. Because as a listen, he may have already resigned, we just have no idea. But I mean, I feel like we would have known by now or had an indication that he's staying. We haven't even heard that. Like we assume that he's probably staying, but we have no confirmation of that. Uh, or there's not even like a strong set. Like before AEW signed, resign the elite. Most people are probably saying they're probably going to stick around. They're looking to stick around. They're not looking to leave. And then they resign with Drew. I don't, unless I miss something, I don't think there's been lately a sign that he's staying or not even that he's leaving, but not a sign at all, which is interesting. Uh, but I got to agree with Romeo. I think this is going to be a barn burner. I think this is going to be a, just an outstanding match. A lot like the triple threat from WrestleMania. I'm going to go against the grain here and say Drew, not because they want him to. I just think again, we're so close to the record. It would be so fucking dumb for them to have him break the streak so close to the record. That being said, though, and I would like a non-finish. I mean, I'm not even saying I want a non-finish. I want Gunter to win clean. But I could see them doing a countout or a DQ to keep this thing going. The feud's still new. First one-on-one match. I could see them running it back at payback or whatever the hell that September pay-per-view is. Uh, that would also be before the record's broken, too. So they could drag this out. And they're not even really even saying going into this pay-per-view, oh, if Gunter wins... Is closer to the streak. They haven't even really even said that, which is interesting. So I'm going to go with Drew just because I feel like if they want it, and that's, again, I don't think he should, but I could see them thinking it's a big pay-per-view against a big opponent. 
Because if not Drew, then who might be their question? I mean, listen, someone mentioned it in the comments that I think it should be Chad Gable. I think that'd be fucking cool. I haven't really even thought about that before Monday, but after what we got on Monday, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that I would agree with that. I think it, I, I think it should be Gable um, after what we saw on Monday night, but I'm going to go against the grain here and say Drew, just because I feel like I, I don't know. Cause if they don't, I don't think they'll put it on Gable. I don't think they see the same in Gable that we all do. So if it's not Gable, I mean, I don't think it's going to be Johnny Gargano. I mean, the guy's not even on TV right now. So I think they think that they want to carry it from one main event player that is about to be main event player in Gunter and put it on another main event player in Drew and then keep the legitimacy and the like positioning of that title going. So I'm going to go Drew. I love Drew. I hope he doesn't win, though. I hope it's Gunter for the win, and I hope he wins clean. But I could see some Imperium dissension happening maybe, which has been teased lately, costing Gunter the championship. Yeah. I, I see I see Imperium actually helping Gunther win because despite them helping him on like a couple of TV matches against Owens and Zayn, if you remember all of his major title matches, Imperium never helps him. So this if this makes it the first time that Imperium has helped him retain the title, that puts over Drew even in the loss. So uh let's go. Hey, I've, got, the- I've got you're talking about who should be Gunther. I've got two guys already off the top of my head who are in NXT who've already beaten them. Oh, Braun Breaker? That's one of them. Who's the other guy that beat him? Ilya Dragunov. How can I forget? Of course. (laughs) That would be awesome. Those are ways to debut them. Yeah, but I I feel like Ilya is still a few months away. It's at least until after No Mercy, because they got to run back him and Melo again after that. Who knows how long they want Gunther to hold this stone. Yeah, that's true. That is true because he, he we're, we're just talking about the record. That doesn't mean it ends yeah. at the record. He can yeah, sure. continue holding it even longer and set a new record. Mm-hmm. But we got champions in this matchup going after the WWE Women's Championship as it's going to be Asuka defending against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. It was back at Night of Champions that Asuka defeated Bianca Belair to end her uh, 400-plus day reign as the Raw Women's Champion. And then she was gifted the WWE Women's Championship with Charlotte Flair returning to challenge her in that matchup. Bianca Belair got involved. Uh, leading to a disqualification ending. Then Bianca got her rematch and Charlotte got involved as well as damage control to cause uh, uh, no contest in that matchup as well. But who's going to walk out with three of the most decorated women in WWE go at it here? We'll start with Graham this time. Who you got for the WWE Women's Championship? I'm looking forward to the match. I'm glad they're having the women's title defended on pay-per-view, unlike with Rhea Ripley, unfortunately, because uh, they didn't have Asuka defending on the last pay-per-view. I just feel like she's been booked like a total afterthought. Not exactly a hot take, but she's just been a total afterthought th- throughout this entire program. The focus has been fully on Flair and Belair, which is f- not fine, but like I know they're looking forward to that being the one-on-one feud, and I'm looking forward to that. It's a fresh feud. That can be a non-title feud. That does not need to be for the championship. Um, I would have Oscar retain here. I think that her being the third wheel to me kind of indicates that she'll find a way to win and then take the title or retain the title. Rather Bianca and Charlotte can go off and do their own thing. Maybe one of them cost the other, the win by accident, whatever happens. And Oscar finds a way to win. Therefore leading to which I'm sure we'll discuss as well. We kind of, you, you hinted it earlier, the EOS guy cash and does it happen here? I think, it, I think it probably will. Cause she's already attempted to cash in twice. Third time's the charm. <clears throat> There's been a lot of cash-ins at SummerSlam in the past from Randy Orton, Del Rio. I think those are the two main ones. Uh, I-, I could see it happening. They've already teased Asuka and Io being the next direction. Because if Asuka retains here, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, what does she do next? I think Io makes the ma- most sense. Io takes the title. You mentioned it earlier, Damage Control, SummerSlam, one-year debut, one-year anniversary of the debut, rather. Um, celebrate it by giving her the championship, which she's been long overdue for. So, I'm going to say Oscar retains, EO takes the title. I mean, Charlotte could just as easily win the title, and then EO cashes in on her. Let's just, I mean, we got to stop with these pointless Charlotte title ranks just to pad the record. I mean, you got to make these more meaningful. So, could Bianca get the belt back? Sure. She's better without the title right now. She held it for a friggin' year. So, no thanks. But I think Oscar retains, at least she picks up something. Is Oscar losing the title, losing the title, and then going from one person to another? I just don't like the hot potato there. So just keep it on Oscar. 
whether EO cashes in on that net or not, I think Oscar retains. And then my prediction is that EO cashes in and becomes champion. Seems like you, the chat, and myself seem to be on the same page because <laughs> I agree. I think that uh, Asuka retains, takes advantage of the dissension and the issues between Bianca and Charlotte, and she gets the win. And then damage control comes out. I want Bailey to help EO cash in and win, and they can be like damage control. Finally have the women's championship, the title they've been chasing since they were formed last year. They've been chasing it for the last 365 days, and now they're here with the championship gold. EO Sky, your new WWE women's champion. So I am gonna I'm not gonna go against the grain here, and I'm gonna agree with you that that's the outcome on Saturday. Romeo. Ah, both of you seem to have forgotten one major thing here. And that is the fact that Charlotte Flair is undefeated at SummerSlam. She is Mrs. SummerSlam. She is 5-0. One more win ties her for the biggest streak of them all at SummerSlam with the immortal Hulk Hogan at 6-0. That ain't gonna change here. This is 15 times. <laughs> Woo! Charlotte Flair. Diamonds are forever. And so is Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam. She is going to win. Uh, Graham may be on to something that it might not be a long reign. Um, <laughs> yeah, Frantic no. World says Charlotte wins if she gets cashed in on. She won't get cashed in on SummerSlam, though. She'll, she'll She's escape. the most yeah. prolific yes. person to be cashed yes, in on. By far. At, at least yeah. three times. So, yeah, she will get cashed in on eventually. So for those of you angry, uh, she always wins. Don't worry. She won't hold it for long. Um, I do think we are heading towards the eventual. I think Bianca's going to get it back before Mania. I think it's going to be Bianca, Charlotte Flair, WrestleMania. Uh, Charlotte going for 16 time there. Um, I got Charlotte Flair. I I think that Charlotte gets it back. I think Charlotte wins it from EO, and then we do Charlotte and Bianca with Bianca as the challenger. So Bianca can can say that she beat three of the four horsewomen for championship gold at WrestleMania. However, she's undefeated at WrestleMania. Yeah, Yeah, she's undefeated. Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat donation. Thank you so much. Kid get money is kid sends money as he sends a super chat donation saying Bianca should win every time, just like the Jags. But yes, kid get money makes everything about the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we are wishing them luck on the upcoming NFL season. So kid get money sends more super chats. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, though, uh, Bianca's the least likely to win here. I, I could I could say that for fact. I think I think you are about right there. Uh, we got Annika who says, "Don't remind us of that crap, Romeo." <laughs> uh, we also got Negro Buck who says that would be hilarious if Charlotte wins and then no, gets no, no, cashed no, 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 in no, no, on no, no, again. No, no, no. Again, no, that breaks the streak. You can't break. The yeah, streak. it would break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares now, about now, that streak. Now, if she you. won. Now, no if she won, that we can go to seven and zero real quick. We can go seven and zero real quick. WWE yeah. hasn't even mentioned that yet. Like. <laughs> And they love stats like that. Romeo Please. might be on to something, though. Maybe she cashes in and she fucking loses. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, you, you just said it's 7-0. That would be tough. <laughs> On count, maybe Bailey cost her the win. You never or Shotzi or something. I would be intolerable, in, insufferable. <laughs> Graham, does, Graham doesn't know. I'm the biggest Charlotte Flair fan, so that's why it's not like <laughs> okay. <happy>. huge bias. <laughs> he is. He is extremely biased. We cannot <laughs> control it. Uh, next, we have one of the other matches. The triple threat matches billed as one of the four main events of SummerSlam, and here we have the second of the four main event for I'm the I'm just World waiting for the card when where every single match is a main event. You know it's coming. WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40, <laughs> it's coming. Uh, we have the World Heavyweight Championship up for grabs as Seth Rollins will defend against the Judgment Day's Finn Balor. These two men, their rivalry kind of got reignited in the World Heavyweight Championship tournament back in May when Seth beat Finn to make it to the finals and ever since Seth has held the World Heavyweight Championship, Finn has been reminded of the fact that he defeated Seth back at SummerSlam 2016 for the inaugural Universal Championship and Seth injured him in the matchup. He had to relinquish the title the next day and Seth laughed in his face so he wants to give Seth that same that same feeling by beating him for the World Heavyweight Championship. Can Finn Balor 
satisfy his seven-year itch, or will he lose again? And how does senior money in the bank, Damian Priest, factor into all of this? Graham, we'll start with you. Who do you got? Oof, put me on the spot here. Listen, I thought it was obvious for a while that Rollins would win, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's been – I was convinced for so long that Rollins was winning that now we're at the end stretch. I'm starting to, like, question myself. There's definitely a chance Balor wins, and I wouldn't be upset at it either because I think Judgment Day has really done a great job of carrying Raw, being a great group. We talk about, like, the best things to kind of come out of the Triple H era in the last year. The Judgment Day has got to be either number one or close to the top of that list as far as how they've really rehabbed that group from where they were a year ago. I, I don't know. I just feel like if Balor doesn't win here – He's done as a main event world champion competitor. I just feel like he's had enough opportunities, and that's not a slight on him. That's a slight on the booking of Balor these last number of years. We've heard the rumors, and re- not even rumors, the Rollins him outright saying that he's hurt right now. He's had a hurt back for a while. I'm not really sure why he would say that because then it kind of, I don't know, it makes me think that maybe the company doesn't know that. I'm not really sure, but it, it makes me think that he might be nearing the end of this run. It might be a short run for him as world heavyweight champion. They put the belt on Balor, put Rollins in chase mode, or have Cody chase. Would they do Rollins and Cody coming out of SummerSlam? We'll talk about Cody later, but a lot of different directions they can go in here. I, I just don't know why they would do Rollins and Balor again. If we just got it last month and Rollins won there, it's the same story too. Will or will Priest not cash in? It's the same thing. It should be a great match. I, if there's no stipulation either, it's just kind of hard to really get excited about it, but it should be a good match. I'm going to go Rollins. I could see a scenario where Balor wins and they all have an accolade or a championship or whatever. I don't think Priest cashes in. That might be just a red herring. I don't even really want them to break up right now anyway. And I don't think, especially if EO's cashing in on the show, we're soon, he he probably won't cash in on the show. I'm going to say Rollins retains. Maybe they boot Balor from the, I don't really know. I'm I'm just going to go Rollins retains and try not to think about it because I'm kind of, Twisting myself into a pretzel. Going back really and sure. forth. <laughs> yeah. He's ping-ponging. He's like, Rollins, yep. <laughs> But I, I've i been convinced over like the last two weeks or so where I was like Graham, where I was convinced Rollins was going to win and we move on or Rollins was going to win and Priest cashes in. I think that we get the result that Damian Priest said he wanted at Money in the Bank where he, it looks like he's going to cash in and that distracts Seth long enough for Balor to, to capitalize and get the win. Or he hits Balor, he hits Rollins with the briefcase and then Balor hits the coup de grace for the win. Damian Priest will be the reason why Finn Balor defeats Seth Rollins on Saturday. And then you have the what Triple H always loved, the long-term story of Balor basically trying to have two eyes behind his head because he's got a smoking gun walking behind him with Mr. Money in the Bank as he's the world heavyweight champion. That increases the story that progresses where we are. Rollins winning or or just Rollins winning and Priest cashing in, that doesn't really progress it in a way. It maybe will, you know, create the kind of insecurity in Balor or lead to Balor being kicked out of the group. But I think the more interesting story is Balor having the title and Priest having money in the bank. Romeo, who do you got? The seven years of bad luck is finally over. Finn Balor. We're coming, we're coming back around full circle. He is going to beat Seth Rollins. They've made me bought in. They've done a great job. Great job making me think he has a chance. Um, I looked at the betting odds because I wanted to see, like, who do, who do they have as the favorite? And it's pretty even. Like, Finn's plus 100. Seth is minus 140. So I think that's the closest thing besides the women's triple threat. You, you need Finn to win here. It's set up for him to win. It makes the the storytelling going forward all the more intriguing. Uh, if you th- if you look at the opposite way, if, if Finn were to lose, you'd almost have to need like Judgment Day to just kick him out, like because everybody in that group is successful. You got Dom Mysterio now is running running around like North American champion. You need that visual of all four of them having something. That's going to be awesome when we see that them make their entrance on Raw. You got the World Champion, North American Champion, the Women's Champion, Mister Senor Money in the Bank. That's going to look awesome. You need that drama going forward of Finn always looking over his shoulder, always looking over his shoulder. That's going to be fun. That's much more fun than breaking up these four. I don't want to break up these four. I love these four together. I want them to go as long as they can. Um, 
so yeah, and, and I don't know what would necessarily be next for Seth uh, if he were to win. I don't think there's anything set up on on Raw for for Seth to do. I think the best storyline option, which is what WWE usually goes with, is Finn Balor winning here. It seems like it seems like that, but we shall see if they pull the trigger on that. We've seen them kind of stay the course on a lot of these title reigns, so maybe they want to have Seth have a long title reign to establish the title. We don't know yet, but let's go to the third of our four main events of SummerSlam. I have to laugh every time I say it. Uh, we have <laughs> Brock Lesnar going one-on-one with Cody Rhodes. Cody versus Brock three. It was back at the Raw after WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar teamed up or was supposed to team up with Cody Rhodes to verse Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. But Brock decided to turn on Cody and batter him, beat him down. This led to a showdown at Backlash that Cody actually won and busted open Brock Lesnar in the process of that, of that matchup in Puerto Rico. But then Brock got revenge by costing Cody in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament and then breaking his arm just uh, days before Night of Champions where he beat Cody with the Kimura where Cody passed out due to the pain. And then Cody made the challenge for a rematch with Brock Lesnar where Brock returned following Money in the Bank and they've been doing beatdown segments even with Brock beating down Cody right in front of his damn mother hurting his arm once again with the Kimura. And it's personal now as we head into Saturday. Been saying that a lot. Even though, I don't know about y'all, actually, does this feel kind of hollow without a stipulation? Because it, it kind of feels like that. And I have been, uh, you know, so-so with this whole buildup. But now that we're at the end and all that's left with this matchup, they need to have a great matchup. Because when I look back on this feud, I'm going to be like, it happened. Because nothing has been groundbreaking. Nothing has been memorable. Outside of the beatdown on Cody following the Raw after WrestleMania, nothing about this feud I would I would rewatch. Not the beatdown where he broke his arm. Not any of those two matches. Two matches were good. They weren't great. Not nothing I will be remember at the end of the year like that. So does this feud get Cody at least at where he was at? Going into WrestleMania, did it do that if they have a great match on Saturday? And who do you think wins, Graham? It keeps them busy. It's kept them busy. That's the best thing I can say about it. It hasn't, I, I completely agree, SB3. It hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been memorable. It has happened. It's a feud that has happened. And I I don't even really think the matches were bad. I, I like the matches so far. They're not going to be in anyone's match of the year contender list or anything like that, but it's really just kept Cody busy. I really thought they should have just ended it by having Cody go 2-0 against Brock or whatever back at the last pay-per-view, which was Night of Champions over two months ago, um, and then moving on. But they, they had to they had to prolong it till SummerSlam again. It's really it, – it honestly, it feels like one giant waste of time in the sense where it really hasn't accomplished anything aside from keeping Cody busy. And like both guys, heel Brock has been lame. We really haven't gotten anything out of the ordinary. It, it really is something else. And I thought that video package on Monday was excellent. An amazing, yes. like, well-done video package. You talk about the Ronda Shana stuff. The video package they did recapping the feud, which has really just been the same thing after another. I get it. But it was a four-minute video package set to a song, which they don't ordinarily do nowadays. And they recapped the entire feud from night one to now. But it's something else. And that they recapped the entire rivalry. And we have no idea why Brock Lesnar went after <laughs> Cody in the first place. How do you have a feud that there's no reason for in the first place? I mean, that doesn't make the slightest bit of sense. And they just moved on. It, it's, it's a meme at this point that we don't know why Brock attacked Cody. Whatever. A, a Cody's going to win here. He moves on. Brock winning accomplishes nothing. I think it's implied, oh, whoever wins wants next in line for the championship. They haven't even said that. They haven't even said it's a number one contenders match. And it is hollow because there's no stipulation. Of all the matches on the show, even Roman and Jay will talk about it. I don't even think that really needs a stipulation because that sells itself. This needs something to feel special, and it doesn't have it. Like a no-holds-barred step would have been great. Maybe Cody bleeds or something, and it really puts him over as a hardcore performer whatever, like we saw with him in AEW. But no, just a regular match. But I think Cody wins decisively. We move on. Maybe he challenges Balor at the next pay-per-view. Hopefully it doesn't win. He should beat Roman. Again, another discussion for another day. Um, but I think Cody should be the one to beat Roman ultimately 
And if they're going to do that, then he has to win here. So I think Cody wins. But yeah, this feud has just been, I've liked it. And the promos from Cody lately have been good, but for no reason that it's even really happened in the first place, aside from keeping Cody busy from a storyline standpoint, no reason for why Brock attacked Cody four months later, no explanation to me. Just it, it's wild. It's wild to think about. You know, you hit it right on the nose. Cause I didn't even really like reflect on that part of it is that this heel Brock, it's just more of the same. And I, I've been complaining about the fact that this feud feels like they've been doing reruns like yeah. the Cody promo this week. I was like, I think I've seen this before. I think I've seen this before. When Cody beat him up in front of his mom, I was like, I, I know the mom wasn't there last time, but I've seen this. I've I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen him beat him down. Seen the, the the whole the whole confrontation on Monday's Raw with with him beating him down with steel steps. I was like, that was the first beatdown. Why why are we doing the first beatdown again? Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen this. So let's move on. And then it's oh uh, yeah, it's, man, it's frustrating because yeah, I agree with Aubrey here saying I miss Face Brock. Face Rock was such a revelation. Like, it was so great, especially when you remember last year's SummerSlam and the Tractor Last Man Standing match. Like, that was so great to have, and it's just been nothing new. It's just been the same Brock we got back in 2012 against Cody here. Yep. Uh, Romeo, who do you got here? What have you thought about this buildup? I understand uh, what you guys are saying about the feud. Uh, completely uh, justified. But um, I still think there is a big fight feel attached to this. Like, I still want to see Cody uh, finish this and Mm -hmm. embarrass Brock, like he's been saying. And the crowd wants to, too. The crowd is still into all of this. The crowd is electric every time for Cody. So the no stipulation thing, that's a little weird because you figure this, you know, the culmination here would have some. If if this was like an AEW feud, it'd probably be like a dog collar match or beast collar (laughs) match, uh, something like that. So that's a little weird, but Cody keeps mentioning, he keeps going back to this, like, I don't have to beat you, I, I need to embarrass you. And I'm trying to think, what does that mean? How would you embarrass Brock Lesnar? How? And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe Brock's going to tap out or pass out. There's going to be something submission related. We haven't seen, we've barely, Brock's only tapped to two people in his career, um, four times between the two of them, uh, Kurt Angle and he who shall, shall not be named. So that's interesting. Can Cody make Brock tap out, pass out? That would definitely define embarrassment for me. You might not see Brock Lesnar show his face again if that happens. Um, I kind of think that's the route they're going to go here. And I got Cody Rhodes winning. We end this. We move on. I think on Raw, I think it's going to be a running gag here where Cody, like, he he, he starts to talk about challenging for the title, and then someone interrupts him, and it's his (laughs) next big feud. Because they got to keep him away from that belt. Because like Graham said, it's he's going for Roman's belt at WrestleMania. That is it. You could keep teasing that he's going for the Raw belt, but it's not going to happen. And I, so do who you, do you think is next? Oh, man, do you want to hear it? <laughs> boogly boogly. The lights go out. And we got a three-month feud with Bray oh. Wyatt. No, God! Oh, you, God. You, you think you think the Brock feud just kept him busy? You want to nuke him? You want to nuke him? <laughs> Cody will survive. Cody will make it interesting. Oh God! God bless his soul. I, I I think I think that all this reports is a red herring. I think it's gonna be Orton. I agree with uh, Aubrey. I think Orton comes back because they have that history i think i think they did it too heavy during the documentary where they didn't highlight they didn't really stick on anything in his early career except for his association with randy orton i think that yeah. was a red herring yeah i understand what you're saying. well remember you know we could have three months of like there's still a lot of time before wrestlemania so yeah. we could do both we could do both <laughs> three month on, there three months don't, don't don't do bray don't do bray Just it's don't coming do it. don't do it don't do it don't do the ugly <laughs> uh in the real main event, the fourth of the four main events, is going to be Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and his status as the tribal chief of the bloodline against Jey Uso in tribal combat. 
It's going to be Jay who defeated Roman back at Money in the Bank in the Bloodline Civil War where the Usos beat Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa with Jay Uso becoming the first man in three and a half years to pin Roman Reigns. Following that, Roman feigned giving up his status as the tribal chief to low blow and beat down the Usos, taking out Jimmy Uso uh, thanks to the help of Solo Sokoa. And then Jay Uso returned and made the challenge to Roman after beating him down and Solo down with a steel chair. And they made the rules of engagement where the elders made sure that they suggested it be tribal combat for the title and the status of tribal chief. This is the culmination of the of the Usos kind of chapter of this saga. I guess you could call it phase two of the Infinity Saga of the, the bloodline here, Graham. Who do you have? Roman versus J3 tribal combat. Kind of the same thing as with Rollins and Balor, where as we get closer, I'm not changing my pick, but I'm more convinced that Jay has a chance because I felt like there was zero chance. I still feel like not that he has zero chance, but Roman lost the net of champions. He wasn't pinned, but he lost. He got pinned at money in the bank. He lost there too. I'd be very surprised if he went undefeated and went so dominant for so long to lose three straight pay-per-view matches. And I just feel like, too, if they were going to have Jay be the one to take the belt from Roman, they would have saved that moment of, of Roman losing and whatever for tonight, or not tonight, for, for SummerSlam, for when he loses the championship. Yeah. I don't think they would have Jay been him, beat him twice. And I don't really even think that he should. I love Jay Uso. The feud has been amazing. The storyline has been amazing. The match should be great. Um, I hope it just doesn't end with Solo getting involved and then Roman wins LOL. I mean, that would just be lame. <laughs> but the only reason why I say Jay might have a slight chance is because, and I said this on Twitter yesterday, I think that, and again, this could change, but Roman's not being advertised for any shows in the remainder of the year as far as pay-per-views. Now, I know him not appearing at Payback or Fastlane isn't much of a surprise, but Survivor Series, like he's not going to be at Survivor Series. That's kind of weird. I mean, that's a big pay-per-view. That's in three months from now. Could they add him to the advertising? Yeah, I think they added him to Money in the Bank, and he wasn't supposed to be there either. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if they announce Survivor Series tickets go on sale sooner, they already have. You would think they would advertise the guy. That's their biggest ticket mover in the company currently. That's a full-time performer. Um, I, I still don't think Jay should win, though. I just don't. I just don't think whoever beats Roman should be the guy. Call me a traditionalist, but whoever beats the guy that's been champion for a 1,000 days should be who they build the brand, maybe even the company around going forward. I know Cody's already kind of a made man. We talked about that he's over and whatever, but he hasn't been world champion yet. It's not like it's John Cena beating Roman Reigns. Like Cody will benefit from beating Roman and be put on a pedestal that he isn't already on, in my opinion. Jay will not stay there. It might be a nice moment for Jay, but he's not up. He's just, to me, not world champion material permanently. And a lot of people might disagree, and that's fine. I just don't see him in that role. Uh, so I would not have him win here, but you got to find a way to have. Roman win, but do it in a way where Jay looks good in defeat. So you're not ending yet another show with Roman retaining and people leaving unsatisfied. They did it at WrestleMania. They just said, fuck you. Yeah. Roman wins. We're moving on here. Everyone was like, okay, I assume they do the same thing here, but I'm going to go Roman retains uh, probably some lame interference from solo or something. I, I've seen no. people say maybe Jimmy cost no. him to win. <laughs> I, I don't like that, but yeah. I don't know. We'll say, I think Roman retains. I, I, I've come to that reality. <laughs> He's like, I come, I come to Jesus, and I realize Roman's <laughs> yeah. gonna win. Uh, Romeo, who do you have, Roman and Jay? Oh man, what a great story! One of the best stories ever. And it's time to end this chapter of the story. There are more. There's still much more story to tell. I see frantic world in the comments. Is this almost over yet? How long is WWE gonna keep up with this bloodline? A long time, a yeah. long. This I'm, I'm about to tell you what the stories that are left to tell. Um, listen, Jay Uso, he got the best of Roman in the tag team world. That was Jay Uso's domain. The Usos yep. run that. Now Jay Uso stepping into Roman's domain, one on one singles world. This is where Roman gets his revenge. Roman's gonna win. He's gonna remain the tribal chief. I think he wins clean because they they keep. Uh, beating you over the head that tribal combat is supposed to be fair. Nobody's supposed to interfere. None of that garbage. So I think he wins clean. I think I could see them doing the opposite. Like, ah, we we lied. Sorry. Tribal combat's whatever happens. But no, I think Roman's going to win clean. And I think the next chapter, I think Jimmy Uso comes out after, if not during the match. 
I think he just takes it out on Jay. Like, Jay, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to do this. You could have changed this. And he just turns heel on Jay Uso. And that's the next that chapter of the story is Uso versus Uso. I've heard how they want to have a match at WrestleMania. They've been pitching yeah. it. There's no better time than this. No better time than now if you want to do that. This is how you do it. And I think Roman takes a little break. I think Solo's involved in the Uso feud. Maybe he feels a little bad that his brothers are now going to war with each other. And he feels like maybe maybe he takes that out on Roman eventually down the line. Then you see Solo Roman when Roman returns. Uh, but Roman has to remain the tribal chief. Um, I know people would pop for Jey Uso winning, but Roman has to remain the tribal chief. Uh, until we do the Rock chapter, which I still think is on the way coming. Uh, maybe it's not at this WrestleMania, but the Rock is going to challenge Roman for that tribal chief as well. That has to eventually happen. I think it does. And now with this writer strike going on, it could be sooner. Who knows? Roman wins. You kind of hit it on the head that WWE has been putting over the fact that tribal combat means that it's going to be one-on-one, means that it's going to be anything goes. I think that's a, there's a reason for that. It's because Roman's going to win with the help of something. He's gonna, <laughs> he's not going to win clean. He's definitely not going to win clean. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. You can't build Jey Uso up like this, and then he just wins clean. Then there's no potential for him being a main eventer moving forward. He has, he has to win. You have to protect him with this loss. So I think we get a little bit of everything that everybody is talking about. I think that Jimmy comes in, and once again, he's going for Roman for the super kick, and he hits Jay, and that's a great near fall. I don't think that's how you end it there. But then Roman hits a spear, and then Jay Jay kicks out again. And as Roman is like freaking out, like he did at Money in the Bank, Solo comes in, hits Jay with the Samoan spike, tells Roman to get up. They do the spike, the spike spear combination, Roman wins. They walk up the, the, the entrance way, and Alpha, Sinka, and Rikishi are all standing there with the lay to put it on Roman. And we end the night with Sika about to put the lay on Roman, and Rikishi stops him and says, put it on Solo, because that would be twice now at big shows, the last two <laughs> big title defenses, that Solo is the real reason why the title stayed in the family. Yeah. So they say, put the lay on Solo, and that's the cliffhanger. That's oh the cliffhanger. Roman is the champion, but he's no longer oh the tribal chief. Oh, my goodness. SP3, you know what that sounds like? Cinema. That's what it sounds like. Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you gotta you gotta think long term because then if you got the super kick from Jimmy to Jay, you you can have Roman off payback, and then you can just have uh, Paul Heyman as the instigator, and he gets yes. Adam Pierce to make Uso versus Uso at payback. That's your Inst- payback main event to continue Inst- the whole bloodline saga. There, instigator for sure. It's, fits Paul Heyman to a T. I like it. You don't yeah, have you know, to pay Jimmy Turn though. That's the key. You can't have Jimmy Turn because that wouldn't make sense. But you you let it be an accident that sets up a matchup, and then yeah. that's where the real animosity and where a turn can come from is from them having a matchup and Jay beating Jimmy, and then Jimmy starts his resentment. That's there how you is, yes, there is a way. There is a way to <laughs> to have the Jimmy and Jay stuff make sense. There is a way. And I yeah. think, you know, yeah, it just wouldn't sport. make sense out of nowhere at SummerSlam to me. Just to- yeah. Paul Heyman's like been planting the seeds for it on the microphone, uh, talking to Jimmy in this hospital bed from the from the arenas. But there, there's still so much story here to tell, folks. Like there really is. Like you, you can't be possibly tired of this. If you are, I am judging you. I am judging you if you're tired of it. <laughs> Well, as Romeo continues to judge you all, that brings <laughs> us to the end of our SummerSlam preview. I want to thank Graham for joining us. So much fun talking about all of this. And you making me think of th- stuff that I didn't even think of before. That's why you got to listen to this man over on WrestleRant. Look at his work over at Bleacher Report. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media and all the great stuff you got going on, Graham. The floor is yours. 
I appreciate it, man. And first and first and foremost, thank you to both USB three and Romeo for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. Making, I think my debut here on the show, I know we've spoken before SB three on the believe network and elsewhere, but I think our first time here on true heel heat. So thank you so much for having me on your great platform. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, uh, wrestle rant, find me on YouTube, uh, wrestle rant radio, all the podcast platforms, WrestleRant.com, Bleach Report as well, uh, doing summer, uh, SummerSlam coverage over the course of the weekend and interviews and stuff like that. So uh, keep an eye out for that sort of stuff on the Twitter or X or whatever the fuck they're calling it now, <laughs> at WrestleRant. So just type in WrestleRant. You can, you can just find me everywhere, I guess. That uh, The dumb X logo that you see on Raw now when they're promoting Aww. the handles. It's just like I, every time I get a notification on my phone, I think it's like Uber or something like that because it's not the bird anymore. It's not blue. I hate it. So annoying. I, I, I get so confused now. I'm yeah. so confused. And then on YouTube, when you want to share a video, it still has the bird, though. That's yeah, the only they place. That, that yeah. is... <laughs> Ah, it's, it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. (laughs) It's it's one of those unnecessary Vince McMahon repackaging for no reason. We can do a whole (laughs) other podcast about that, but whatever. It's so true. I'd I'd rather they just change the name to like big Twitter or dirty Twitter, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right. X Twitter. (laughs) Romeo, let the people know where they can follow you. Yes, you can follow me for Romeo Anthony on the X, uh, YouTube, uh, TikTok and instagram uh check us out here on the channel like tonight for a watch along of aew dynamite 200 and join us saturday night we'll be right here watching along SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer I, I you know this this packaging of the i don't mind the cars you know that's fine you know it's detroit although you have fast lane coming up so what the hell are you gonna do for that now what what is up with all this lightning and clouds for SummerSlam? What are we doing? I know it's tribal combat, but come on. Hi, <laughs> man. I've been waiting for years for WWE to have a pay per view that theme song was born to be wild. That just that that popped that is when they when they yeah. when they started playing. I was like, I was like, I've been waiting for years for this to happen. So uh, you good. can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. That's T R U No E. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok or X. I don't know what the hell. At True Hill Heat. You can, you can also uh, support us at patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. $3 a month. More exclusive content. The True Hill Heat tr- Prediction Championship. We got predictions going to be posted coming up this week by Romeo for the championship. For and I'm going to I'm going to be making my comeback, making my comeback this weekend, guys. I'm calling it right now and check out all the great content we got on the channel right now. Like Collision Course number seven that dropped yesterday, the review of AEW Collision from July 29th. Check out our flagship podcast, True Hill Heat 236 with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, Ben from Public Enemies podcast and Scott Edwards of Fightful. Check out the NXT Great American Bash review with me and Romeo from earlier this week and going live on uh, tomorrow 105 p.m eastern time ae ramble and then on friday we're going live at 1205 p.m eastern time with our dark side of the ring bash at the beach 2000 review so check out all that great stuff hit the subscribe button hit the bell to stay notified for Graham, for romeo it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 this has been our wwe SummerSlam 2023 preview we are signing off until next time.